So some of you might have guessed, my first guest for the podcast is, of course, the Chili Dog. I've known Chili for coming on two years, three years already, and uh, she's a pretty good companion and teammate. So welcome to the podcast, Chili. Oh, we may have to rethink this. Welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. Uh, welcome also to our first real episode. Um, this one, I've searched long and far to find the right guest for my first episode. And guess what? She was right in the next room. So my guest today is uh, Paulette Kirby, my wife, or actually I should say I'm her husband. Um, Paulette's done a fair amount of venture racing. Um, we'll get into that. Um, unfortunately, she had an injury. She's fine now and starting to train for other things, but um, we'll be kind of covering that, just having a little conversation. Um, even though this is our first podcast, and we're not going to count the introduction, a couple of things. I think you're going to find that the sound quality is much better. Been been working on that. Um, so I hope so. I know a couple people said, hey, you need to work on it, which I knew. But um, thanks for the criticism. Not criticism, the uh, help. Um, and also, probably shortly, we should have some interesting news about the podcast. Um, it's sort of growing already, I guess is one way to put it. So thank you for that. Um, if you would like... Here's the shameless plug. There is a PayPal donate button on the website. It would help, but not necessary because I think I'm probably going to be doing this for a while no matter what. So I think that's all the housekeeping. Oh, um, at the end of the podcast, if you're interested, um, there's a song by my friend Mike Reardon who does my theme music. Um, this is something I plan on doing each week with some local bands and uh, you know, musician friends that I have of putting a putting a song at the end of the podcast. So, if you don't want to listen to it, there's nothing after it. But um, I'll try and pick some interesting things. So, uh, enjoy our conversation. Are we rolling? <laughs> yeah, we have been for about five minutes. So, <laughs> so, um, so we're sitting here in our. Media center, is that a good word for it? On the couch with the birds. <laughs> with the birds, so we have the, you know, the two birds. we got Jimmy and Stevie here, and the chili dog. So chili is in and out, so if you hear a little squawking and stuff, that's that's the birds. So Jimmy and Stevie, the birds. I think, I don't know if everybody knows the story of, of chili, so... I think a lot of people do, but um, the first the first I heard of it, 
Miss Paulette's in Patagonia racing, and and uh, I get a, I think it was a Facebook message or an email. I was like, can I bring a dog home? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, whatever, because I've learned that didn't you don't ever ask for anything, and when you do, it's something pretty important. So, so why did you want to bring a dog home? Well, I didn't want to, but it just happened. <laughs> First day we were in Patagonia doing, uh, walking to do the checkoffs along the ocean. Met this real cute dog, and uh, also then why didn't you bring that one home? <laughs> she was. Uh, we were doing our let's see, getting ready for uh, getting our gear ready, and there's this dog in the big barn kind of a building laying on her back with her belly up in the middle of our gear and thought, well, that's a pretty cute dog. And uh, she was filthy and nobody else wanted to touch the dogs because they're all so dirty. But she uh, kept finding me and thought, well, she's pretty cute. And then we went and did the race and came back 10 days later, 12 days later, and she found me again and I thought, you know, I don't know why, but I think I need to bring that dog home. And uh, so I Facebook chatted with Randy and said, I, this is crazy, but I was thinking of taking, don't bring this dog home. And so I, uh, it, it really just only happened because there were a lot of people came. It's kind of a divine intervention. A lot of people came out of the woodwork to help me bring Chili home. Uh, I went on the internet, which was kind of a challenge. I hadn't brought a, a computer with me, and uh, found Bruce Willett, who's kind of the guy who heads up the, like the what we know as a humane society in Punta Arenas, Chile, and and uh, they had had one other person from America bring a dog home, so met up with him and. We went and found Chili, and he knew a taxi driver who would let me bring a dog in the car, and we found a vet and gave her shots, and I think he thought I was going to hang around, and I said, well, I'm still, still really not sure about this, so he said, what are you going to do with her? I said, well, let's go put her back on the street where I got her, and so put her back on the street, and I went back out in the wilderness hiking for a couple weeks, and thought about it and made sure it's what I wanted and uh, shoot I'm thinking about this dog every day and so I came back a day early which for for those of you who don't know Paulette to bring her out of the woods a day early takes an act of God or a or a dog apparently an well. active dog <laughs> and also I was pretty happy that I found my way around on the buses, went to Torres de Peña, and I was pretty happy I found my way around on the buses because everybody spoke Spanish, and I was by myself, so I went backpacking by myself, and so I came back a day early and called, uh, Bruce was out of town biking, and so I called another guy whose phone number he gave me, and the lady who, uh, kind of started the Humane Society, and they showed up in a car, and we spent an entire day making it happen finding dog food and the dog carrier which is not easy the one the one dog carrier in Puente Serenas yeah they don't have a pet co in <laughs> so we uh went shopping well went online talked to the airlines it was a went to the department of agriculture and nothing moves very fast in Chile so 
the guys are all in there and bring my dog and he says, when are you wanting to get this? I said, well, I want to fly home tomorrow. And they all looked at me like, huh? <laughs> so they were pretty nice and uh, got it done by later that afternoon, the paperwork I needed for the airlines and customs. And uh, so the next morning I still hadn't made contact with I had made contact with the airlines, followed all the rules online, but I hadn't talked to somebody I needed to talk to on the phone. So I show up in the morning to fly from Punta Arenas to Santiago to the U.S., and I still need to make a call. And who would have thought, but I run into a friend, Mimi, who lives in Rampant City, South Dakota, and I said, Mimi, I need a telephone. And she has a telephone, and she's flying home to the United States, too. And made a call, and I said to her, "What do you think? I think this dog's pregnant." And yeah, uh, yeah. top of everything else, we have anchor anchor babies. Yeah. <laughs> I showed up at the end a day early to come home. The bird thing was that, that would be Jimmy. <laughs> Thinks it's hilarious. So I showed up at the end of the month to bring Chili home, and I thought, wait a minute, she's grown instead of skinny. And uh, none of the vets would tell me she was pregnant, but I know this dog's pregnant. So I sent Randy a message, got to step back a minute and say on Facebook, I think I really, I would like to bring this dog home. And I said, you know, I understand we haven't even talked about bringing a dog home or even having a dog home, or having a dog and if you say no, I'll understand. I won't hold it against you. Yeah. So it it was there was there was no there was no no. Even even if I had a thought, it was a bad idea, which I don't know if I did or not. But there was no no no. So. So yeah, but Randy's response, I said. So what do you think? And he said his response is, "Do I look stupid?" That's true. <laughs> Some things are better left off. Better just to make it happen so so anyway I'm in the airport and we get on the plane with well I said to Mimi I said what do you think I think this dog's pregnant she says I, I think you're right and if she is I want one of the pups so I've already started giving away the puppies I haven't gotten her home with so it didn't take long what she was home for two weeks two weeks we had five puppies so. <laughs> and just just to tell you what a good dog she is, came home, started having puppies at 10 o'clock on Friday night. By midnight, she was done, and 12.30, we were in bed, and away we went. So I think now, now the story, the true story, the chili dog is out. But I suppose since we're supposed to be talking about adventure racing... <laughs> That was part of that, the that adventure. Was a, that was part of that adventure. Yeah, Jimmy thinks so too. So, the first races, we'd both been cycling, a little bit of running, but I think you wanted to step up and try an adventure race. The ones, the Adventure Extremes in Colorado. So, and I know... I. I think you remember this. So it was what, a 12 hour race? We went down. Um, I think the first one was 12. 12 hour solo in Breckenridge. In Colorado. Breckenridge, yeah. yeah. So we go down, Paul, it's registered. 
the handout maps. And <laughs> we're sitting in, we're sitting in this, I don't know what it was, big tent thing, and it's like, what the hell's a UTM? <laughs> Everybody else seemed to know what seemed to act like they knew what they were doing. So, we sat there and, well, we'd read a little bit. I guess we probably knew what it was, but we finally figured it out because we found one of the, we knew where one of the checkpoints were on the map. And then we laid the thing on it, and we played the plotter, and it's like, oh, so these numbers go this way, and this numbers go that way. And it matches up. And it matches up. So. <laughs> what they've said. So. Mm. Okay, I'm going that way. <laughs> if I remember right, it wasn't a real heavy navigation race, because like, there was only one way to get over the over the pass anyway, so it was probably a good good first race for you. So did they, I don't remember, did that race use Tomcats, kayaks, inflatables? Uh, no, no, you could bring whatever kayak you wanted and you brought your own and I mm. brought my touring kayak that I, you know, go out eight to ten days kayaking on, so it's got, you know, two compartments and um, you know, a great steady boat for going to the boundary waters. And I remember looking at people in their skinny racing boats, mm. and I actually still did pretty well because I'm a strong kayaker. But I remember um, watching Mike Closure get out of the water in his 20 foot carbon fiber. He was carrying it with two fingers. <laughs> That's a pretty light boat. And I was hauling around my 67 pound kayak. Mm. <laughs> Well, I think you did. You were like second, weren't you? Yeah, I was, and that was pretty fun. I remember one thing that stood out in that, and I had a good time. I didn't get lost. It wasn't highly technical, but I remember in the run, I was still kind of a new runner. You know, tracked a lot, but I wasn't a run runner. I don't know if I am now even, but I remember (laughs) doing the run and. Um, it was kind of technical coming down, and I slid and I fell down, and my legs cramped up so bad that they were just sticking out in front of me. And, and I looked at them, and I thought, they should really hurt, but they don't. And a couple, a guy and a gal came by and said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, just go on ahead over my legs, because they won't move. And I just kind of waited, and then they loosened up and got back up and ran down the hill. So I was pretty happy that they didn't hurt. But... That was that was pretty good. Yeah. Must have enjoyed it because went back the next year with our friend Doc Savage and did the team. Actually, the only thing I really remember about that race was when we went down to we went down <laughs> to pre-run the course. <laughs> so they <clears throat> part of the race, and thank God we're in America and not Europe anymore, or in Europe. Um, they had rollerblade section down the bike path along Vale Pass, and you couldn't have been going. You weren't going more than forty miles an hour when you crashed, were you? <laughs> I remember Doc and I were. I had just bought some used rollerblades, and we're going, and we thought, "Well, we're just keep going faster and faster." And I know you can get fifty plus on a bike on that path, and um, Doc says. 
it's still going downhill as we tapped over a hill and then I remember my wheels started shimmying and there was a point of no return I realized I'm going down what part of my body do I want to have hit the pavement so I decided to go with my I don't know if we can use you can, the you can ass say, word. You can, uh, you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> Go with my well, ass. It's got the most padding. So I sat down on my butt and I just kept moving. And so my shorts just kind of ground up. I had kind of some, you know, the lycra shorts. And I kept sliding down the trail. And uh, then I had what we the rest of the weekend called the baboon butt look. <laughs> it was not good. Not pretty. But I wasn't as bad as so. Then we're then I thought, well, I'm not getting back on these skates. I'm taking these suckers off, and we got to figure out another way to do this part of the this leg of the race. And as we're walking down, there were three guys who passed us who were on another team, and the other guy he looked much worse than me. He was all bloodied up. And uh, had broken at least a bone on his face. He did a face plant, and he said, "Man, my wife's gonna be so mad, cause he'd crashed. They crashed below us on that same hill." So we actually went with kick bikes. Yeah, all you needed was uh, wheels and no motor and no motor or pedals. And yeah. so we took the took your single speed, took the cranks off, and. We each did the kick bike, and it actually worked out pretty soon. Strider bike, actually. An adult strider bike. The only part where, I mean, we really flew. People were like, man, we should have thought of that. And then we, just when you get down into Breckenridge, you had about a two-mile section of fairly flat, so we really had to scooter bike it, but it was still uh, the good way to go. I'm okay going that fast on a bike, but... So, I don't even remember what, it must have been like, Oh five and oh six maybe. Yeah, and then four the, five. I really like our uh, team name. They were Chicken Dick. Chicken Dick. <laughs> no, no offense, Doc. <clears throat> so <laughs> then we then comes the string, and it kind of don't. I mean, those were adventure races, but I, good starters. It's good starters, but not a lot of nav. Um, so then this is what I always find interesting is Paulette's next five races were Primal Quest Badlands, Patagonia, Untamed New England, Patagonia, and then Expedition Idaho. It's like, you know, kind of like jumping into the deep end. <laughs> I was ready. Yeah. So we had the... Yeah. Primal Quest, of course, was here at our house, sort of. Like Just I always about. wanted to say, there was a there was a <laughs> checkpoint a quarter mile from the house. So, um, and Paulette had had lost split from the team she was on, and I still remember Don Mann saying that, you know, keep training, keep training, because somebody always needs somebody at the last moment. Yeah. yeah. And what was it? One well, week, one week before the race. Seven days. Seven days. I got an email from. Tosh. Yeah. Yeah. And and Paulette joined the Marines. <laughs> that was uh yeah, I kept training, you know, starting to lose hope. I, we, I we had trained hard. I was I was ready for that. I was really ready for that and so 
Um, yep, yeah, joined the Marines. They came here, stayed at her house, and they didn't they kind of a couple of them had some issues about eight days in with dehydration and you know, two here here's what i remember from um tillman he was stay, <laughs> he was staying here he was here actually a day or two early and they said i think he had a nice solomon pack and i said that's a nice pack what do you think about it and he's like I don't know. Never wore it before. <laughs> and John had a a brand new. Uh, oh, they sponsored. They had sponsored bikes. They had Ellsworth. And said, "Yeah, I remember seeing. What do you think of that?" I said, "Rode around the block. Pretty nice." <laughs> so. Well, that and that bike, John uh, gave his Ellsworth bike the a good uh, trial. He crashed so much, and he was just such a champ. He just keep getting up and. We repaired just about every part of his bike. He broke cables. He broke derailleur twice. He broke his chain. It was uh, his uh, brake cable, brake lever. I mean, um, it was a good team, though. That was just one of my funnest teams. Tosh was, uh, we got, when we would nap along the way in the race, we'd, it was very well organized. It was uh, just a great team. You know, we would decide as we were moving into dairy, okay, how long do we get to rest? And as everybody knows, so we'd all set our watches and we'd all oversleep. Yeah. <laughs> we'd all sleep through four alarms on our watches. and But then we would wake up Marine style <laughs> because Dash would, he'd stand up and he'd say, wake up, wake up, and he'd be like, wake up. And he wouldn't stop until we were all standing. You'd be standing in your bag. What? Wake up, wake up. And then we'd have a rule. You know, you have uh, 10 minutes. And if you need more than 10 minutes and zero seconds, then you announce it, you know, one or two minutes ahead. And you say, I, Paulette needs two more minutes. And um, it was a great system, uh, you know, what we had. I mean, it was very well organized and... About the the infamous Cheyenne River paddle for twenty four hours. Just sent chills through the. Hopefully, there's a few people listening that that just sent chills through their, through their mind. But. Uh, well, I think I, me and I think I heard there was maybe one other person, that um, I actually enjoyed the paddle. I if I'm on the water, I'm happy. So I still, have uh, great memories of the paddle. We actually had some. I think we had some fun with it, but yeah, there were some challenges and it was hard. But after that, you would go into the Badlands, and um, that's when things got a little tough. Uh, Tillman and John got uh, dehydrated and didn't want to drink from the Cheyenne River, so we ended blame up. Them. <laughs> yeah, taking a look at that, and so we yeah. ended up. We went out, and then we had to back track back to the Cheyenne River because then we're in the Badlands and there's no water and mm. that's when things got pretty tough for the team but that was a great race. Was... Yeah it's it's you know I know I, I look back at it and think I mean I didn't know anything about adventure racing you didn't know anything about adventure racing it, if that race was run again today under the same circumstances but knowing what it is you could have got those guys to finish. Just because they had the mindset they were going to do everything. You know, they weren't skipping anything. They were going to go the whole way. And 
you know, now you realize that teams, there were teams skipping the first orienteering section just to make cutoffs. And it's like, you know, I just didn't know any of that stuff. So it was kind of... Yeah. And I'm thinking, what are you guys doing? How come you're not getting everything? The other teams that were skipping. and Yeah, so we didn't. Uh, so that was something. I didn't realize that. And I think Tasha was a pretty brave guy coming into that race with the three of us on the team because he was the only person with experience. Yeah. And uh, the three of us had never done an adventure race. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't realize his bravery <laughs> as far as that goes until... Yeah. Until we finished it, but yeah. I still have that. Uh, well, of course, race. I say it'd been a whole nother race if there'd been people shooting at you. <laughs> but I think I think the Marines might have done a little better. <laughs> so. That was the the climbing, and that was uh, just just a, one of my great. You know, if you think of what it was from here, just you know, there's memories galore from all races, but the climbing was um, had to dig down deep to do that because we'd busted butt and uh, I look at the film that Randy did of that race and and since this is the the digital revolution I'll put a link to that in the uh, show notes on the webpage so people can go see the climb no that was uh, you know I seem to hit in all the races Patagonia every race I do for some reason the teams I'm on we hit the climbs in the dark we hit that at dusk and started out and that was a, an incredible climb. I trained really. I was ready to climb, and I really don't consider myself a super climber, but I was ready for anything that race, and that was that was a very challenging. And uh, just uh, the music Randy plays, you'll see in the clip, is just takes me back to the moment of how we felt and how it felt. Just because it's all about me anyway, that was a... <laughs> Oh, wait, no, this one's about you. Um, an official entry selection for the South Dakota Film Festival. So yeah. other people like it, too. But um, I think it was a pretty cool experience for both of us. You know, one, we started meeting all the adventure race people, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Making so. friends all over the world, and you still keep in touch with people. That was, yeah. that really was... Uh, you know, I, I started realizing that all of the things we've done over the years, you know, I've kayaked, we've biked, we've been on bike road race biking teams and mountain biking teams in different states, and um, adventure racers are just the coolest because adventure racers are, you want me to do what? Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. You want me to go pound a nail on this board? You yep. want me to climb that? Okay. You want me to paddle this river? Okay. Yeah. But, um, so, um, actually through Primal Quest, we met um, Eddie Bach, or First Ascent, First Ascent team that you went to Patagonia with, what, six, six months later? Yep. Yeah. So, your first trip to Patagonia. And I think for people that don't know the Patagonia race, which probably you all do, but it's the last wild race. It's a pretty intense and more survival than a race. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you, know, you really have to no, know what you're doing. No shortcuts, no... Well, there's no trail yeah. and there's no road. No short course. <laughs> you, know, you miss you miss the checkpoint and you're out and you spend a couple of days waiting for your way out. <laughs> and the waiting is still survival. And, so. and then getting out yeah. in a whole adventure in itself. So that, yeah, that first race, that was really unfortunate because they'd mislabeled, uh, well, the the they changed the checkpoint while we were all out racing and so yeah, the, the checkpoint was in a different place than what was the on tyrolean the across the river yep tyrolean so. traverse and who was it but they put a piece of paper on the tree where the old one was saying they moved how Which could you not find it we never saw <laughs> so we were um we were cutting a checkpoint close but we missed it so then it's a you know, you sleep overnight in a tent. It's a major truck to get out yeah. to get to a vehicle. And then there's a caravan of vehicles and teams. And uh, that was a whole... Just a whole nother adventure. <laughs> adventure in itself. And you stop in the back of someone's yard in a little... It's not really even a town in the middle of nowhere. And they got a tank of gas out in the back of somebody's 55 gallon drum and they pump it in for you and yeah. they literally hand pump it yeah. in <laughs> and yeah. the one guy smoking a cigarette it was from france and so, so i mean i pretty pretty cool country though that was and, uh, uh yeah i could so i i uh Patagonia for anybody's there, you know, it just grabs your heart. You, you when you go to Patagonia, you fall in love. So we uh, went down into Tierra del Fuego, and um, I just kind of felt like, and sometimes when we were trekking, there are no trails to follow when you're trekking. So it's absolute pure navigation. The only thing that you're on. You're on one one of the two roads, actually two of the two roads on your mountain biking section in Tiro de Fuego. So uh, that's this. There were times when you felt like you were the. You don't know the last time a human was trekking where you were. And I remember at one point we were trekking, I could see some fossils of some sort laying on the ground. I thought, wow. You know, and me being the one, I got to pick some of those up and check it out. Yeah. But we still had another 300 miles to go. I, I can't start putting rocks in my back yeah. now. Yeah. Of course, in that race again, we hit the climbing in the middle of the night, about 3 in the morning, and there was just a guy sleeping in a tent. That was the checkpoint, literally. There's no big sign saying uh, Patagonia yeah. race. You find this guy in a tent and you basically put on a used harness and a worn rope and no safety and no safety and you go down the side of this ridge and you can hear the river roaring below mm -hmm. you and and i remember him they said you don't need to bring your harness so we get there and he gives me a harness and i hold it out and it, i may as well free climb down because the harness is doing nothing where it's not anywhere near my body so he took his harness off, and the, the guy at the checkpoint gave me his harness. And uh, it was one of the old, I can't remember the name of the old repelling tool where you kind of uh, 
S-curve, your rope down in the middle, and then you flip it down. There's a name for it for climbers would recognize it, and that's what we use to get yeah. down it. Well, didn't get to go this year because there was no race. So. No, I think that's Well, I hope it comes back again next year, but... So then, my favorite race, well, this next race I got to go to with you was Untamed New England, and just two words for that moose alley <laughs> so paul that was uh well originally it was a mixed team four person four person team and our friend clay abney week before week crap weeks? yeah well, a couple of weeks yeah because we um crashed and got concussed and couldn't go so we became a three-person girl team <laughs> unfortunately our friend gary was traveling through New England in his van, when they were able to pick us up. With all our gear. Yeah. So, but those of you that remember Moose Alley, think three girls. The The big one weighs 120 pounds. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> trying to drag those kayaks through there. You, I caught up with them there while I was filming, and they just, they would push, pull, drag, somebody would slip, they'd fall. It all started giggling. It was um, <laughs> Margie, Margie Gary, and Katie Farrington. Yep. Teammates. Katie is a AKA. I call her the Peanut because she was pretty petite. <laughs> so, but, uh, that was tough carrying the uh, the whatever ninety some pound canoe. Uh, which big we, seventeen foot plastic canoe and and the kayak. Or did you guys just have a canoe? No, just we uh, got an okay just to have the three of us in the... That helped anyway. So. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's a... Grant knows how to put on a good race. And that was good. We uh, we we thought, you know, we did well. They were um, with the navigation. Katie and I ended up sharing. I started out as um, with the navigation. We shared along the way. She did some and... We uh, got short coursed at one point, which we ended up finishing first in our short course section. Mm. But we're, you know, we, we were a little disappointed that we got short course, but we're glad that we were able to go the entire race. And then we did uh, picked up some points at the end and some of the extra navigation. Yeah. That was um, that was the race. If if you haven't done any of the untamed races. And you're thinking about it, and you're wondering what it's like. I followed a team, that's no goal zero, with Mark Latanzi off a mountain, and it took us four hours to go three kilometers downhill. <laughs> so that's kind of, you know, be worn, but great race. That was, that was fun. Hey, Grant, one. it's a great race. <laughs> one of the things I really liked about that was the community service pieces that we did. So you. Um, oh, we. The peanuts, all three peanuts, trying to pound eight-inch spikes through the the wood. Clunk, clunk. Yeah, so click, you no, take this clunk, board. Clunk. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> take this board, and there are these two boards, and they give you a hammer and nails, and you walk out. Is you know, So we help build the trail in the swampy areas, and then there's another point you got to the... Uh, checkpoint it was it is timed checkpoint and everybody you could choose your tool and i think me and uh, margie or i can't remember me and margie or katie chose a saw and there was a, a huge tree across the trail so we cut 
a hole in that. So, so basically, the teams um, made trail, built trail during the race. So, but then when you're yeah. done, the tr- there is no more trail, and you nav your way out through there, and it's just an absolute thick bushwhack of mm-hmm. twigs and trees and branches. And so, Katie and Margie were a little ways away ahead of me, not far, but. I fell down in between some trees and I got laughing so hard I couldn't get up and they're waiting and I was like, what happened? And I said, well, I fell in the trees in this hole and I couldn't get up and I got laughing so hard, but that was, yeah. there was some pretty good bushwhacking and then there was the checkpoint out on the island and kind of had to swim and go through the mud and we basically yeah. followed the moose tracks out to that. That was a great race. We had a good time. Me and Margie had some good laughs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. So, um, we're we're getting into our podcast. So, I guess we should spend a little time on your last race. Oh, which one? The crash race. Yeah. So, for those, a lot of people know, but if you don't. Paulette was racing in untamed Idaho and had a little Fupa. one of those things that 999 times out of a thousand would be no big deal and this was the thousandth time and let's see if I can remember everything broke your neck, broke your back, broke your sternum broke some ribs scraped up your nose a little bit yeah, got helicoptered out Bruised my heart, collapsed along a little. Yeah, she's doing fine now, but um, you know, hey, it was a pretty cool race up till then. <laughs> it was. I mean, yeah, we had. Uh, and then, of course, we were the really other thing. Good. Yeah, the other thing is, is this was another last-minute team. Yeah, a couple. No, no, we actually that one wasn't. Playing that. Did yeah. you have a while? Oh, I guess you did. Team Gramici, sponsored yeah. by Gramici. Yeah, so. But still, a, you know, a new team. A the, new team. The bane of women yeah. adventure racers everywhere. I met the team when I got to uh, Spokane. So, yeah. We are, you know, I think that um, I, uh, I know my teammates after I wasn't there, they told me they shared some of what happened during that race. I mean, we're, we're having, you know, we had some trials and tribulations in there. Um, it's an adventure race. One thing we decided was what happens in the... Happens in the woods, stays in the woods. Stays in, there's a little moment of Or, uh, close circuit to my friend Philippe, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and only my teamies know that part, what happens in the woods, stays in the woods, but... We were, um, you know, lessons learned. One was we were on the biking section. We had to carry climbing gear, so I, I don't know, but my pack was, you know, probably thirty percent of my body weight in that one little section. We were doing it, not a, nothing that I would consider a, mount, a technical mountain biking by any means. A little bit of a downhill, nothing crazy, and but my pack wasn't fitting real secure to my body and. Even my teammates said later, you know, you kept saying, boy, my packet, you know, it'd swing to the right. You go around a corner, it swings to the right. It wasn't staying snug to my body. So I hit kind of a little rock log thing, and um, I think just my pack went up in the air because it wasn't secure to my body. And I, it just catapulted me straight up in the air and went 
straight up in the air and came straight down on down. the top of my head. Yeah. And and uh, at, at the moment, I basically thought, well, am I going to live or die? Because it really hurt like hell. And, and then I was on all fours moaning and groaning. And I thought, well, I haven't died yet, but this is not good. Yeah. Um, and I think later, as I talked to my teammates on the phone, they said, there you were. I'm a healthcare provider. So it, uh, there I was self-diagnosing, and I kind of knew from the pain that I, I had broken my neck and my back and did some serious damage to my chest. And the one thing we learned is that all that stuff that you have to carry, the mandatory gear, the spot, and the cell phone, and the first aid gear the only thing I wasn't doing was bleeding uh, space blanket and space blanket and actually yeah. I had three of them on because we're out in the middle of a you know on a ridge that was not accessible by vehicle in the middle of kind of nowhere yeah. along the Montana Idaho border yeah. and so yeah. we used all that stuff that you have to carry and uh, so lesson learned is you don't, just really want Don't skimp on your mandatory gear. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we needed it. And the poster we... child for mandatory gear. <laughs> yeah. So they were, they were great. And so they, I remember they thought maybe they could try and get a four-wheeler up there. And I said, no, I think I'd done some serious damage. And so I was just lucky that the Air Force trained in that area and the search and rescue is based out of the base there so their search and rescue training so here they come got to, got to fly in the helicopter here they come and one guy is that video online yeah i think that's online yeah. i'll post a link to the pak rescue call it pak i think or paulette's rescue i'll put a link i'll put a link in the show notes i've always wanted to say that so Team came and visited me the next day, and the funny thing was there were two medics, one on the ground and one up in the copter and helicopter, and they kind of raised me up 250 feet in a basket. And next day the team came and visited me, and the guy who's up in the helicopter says, you know, I'm afraid of flights, or afraid of heights. And uh, they got talking for a minute, and the one guy on the ground says, yeah, I knew we were in trouble when you... He was tied in, but he actually climbed out of the helicopter because it was so windy once I got above the tree line that the basket was moving stabilize around. stabilize it to get it into the thing. So. And he said, yeah. I normally don't even stick a leg out of the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> so that was two years ago. Two and four months. And... So yeah. you're back to relatively normal, sort of, whatever normal is for us, but... Um, We've we sort of finally have come to a good. We work a good deal. I go to a race and I go shoot a race and we get Paulette into it, so she has to do all the work. <laughs> I, I do like the racing. <laughs> so. It's been a long, it's been a long committed yeah. haul. Uh, but I, you know, I just no. What else am I gonna do? I can't mm. uh, if the, my arms and legs are moving. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna do it. I, I was hiking with my my brace on collar, body, and neck brace on in the forest. Cause what else am I gonna do? Yeah. It you know it's gonna hurt whether I sit or move. And so here we are this yeah. year. So not quite ready for adventure racing yet. Cause the 
who would have me, huh? Well, <laughs> I, I, to me, I don't think the question is whether you can wear a pack that long. So, so we found some easy races for her to do. <laughs> running the Black Hills 100, July. Which is all not easy trail. Nothing yeah. flat about it. Technical harder, trail. harder than Leadville people say. And riding the gravel grinder three weeks later, 100 mile, doing the world's Rogaine, probably. Probably going to do one way or another. Yeah. And then uh, Tahoe 200. 200 mile. 200 mile range. trail run. It. Here's the thing, and I and I know I can say this because she thinks the same way I do, and it's like 200 miles, and. Uh, you don't have to carry everything you need. There's no navigation, and it's on a trail. How hard can it be? So, <laughs> and you can't really. So that's really more. I think that the 200 mile the Tahoe. It's 90. After like there's five, a short bit of pavement, yeah, but it's like pretty much trail. 90 percent single track Tahoe rim trail, and so, so. it's really more of. A, it's the first 200 miler. We're thinking in the in the United States, yeah. United so. States, and that seems I think it'll be more suited to uh, the adventure racing yeah. Uh, mentality. Yeah, we know at least one other our friend Mike Chastain is running it, and it seems like you know what's a you know somebody that runs a hundred miles. What are they going to do after a hundred miles? <laughs> Because it's going to be, and, and it looks to me like there's going to be some map reading and some navigation because they're not going to go out and mark every corner and every trail junction. So, And you're off the Tahoe Trail in so, some sections because it has to go around wilderness. Wilderness, so, yeah. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm really curious to see how adventure racers do in it. So. Plus, you know, adventure racer doesn't think anything about a four-day race. I'm curious to see how I do in it. Yeah. <laughs> so the it really probably in my my recovery it's been a, a just a myriad of things. One just getting um, back to the fitness, but really the, I don't know, the the challenge probably the biggest challenge is a uh, um, getting my back stronger so it can support a pack. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. 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 Well, we've probably babbled long enough, so I'll make this a little bit formal. So thank you for being my first and a half guest. <laughs> so, and since I'm probably not going to get to say this, probably better not say this any other podcast, but let's, let's go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> you talking to the bird or the dog?